It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. You know, it's your economy. Remember when James Carville said, it's the economy, stupid, back in the Clinton years? He was right. Now, my version of it is, you know, and it's maybe just not being uh, that out to my audience who I care about. It's your economy. And in a sense, whether it's good or bad, you're living your economy as a subset of the decisions being made by our policymakers, by those that move the markets, move the supply chain, the decisions being made in corporate boardrooms and managing offices, and in every which way it comes down to it's your economy. John Sylvia joins me, uh, of course, uh, Dynamic Economic Strategies is his retirement plan. Uh, but, you know, John, before, before we dive in here, my friend, I, I, I thought about it in the break. I'm like, you know, you, you did me and my audience such a big favor many years ago. You were still at Wells Fargo. You were the chief economist over there, speaking of managing director and chief economist at Wells. And, you know, in your role, you said, I'll come on the show and I'll start talking economics with the folks and you've done that all this time and i don't know if i've ever just outright said thank you so much for that <laughs> well you you're more than welcome david i i appreciate the opportunity because uh once you get outside the traditional presentations that i did to you know financial professionals portfolio managers uh the big wigs of the investment community you're quite right it really comes down to how it impacts the individual in the economy. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Well, I'm glad we can continue it. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I remember when we first started, I was like, wow, I'm going to get a guy who's actively in the role to come on, to come on radio because, you know, the companies are a little careful about their their yes, senior executives coming on uh, on a talk show. Uh, but I but I've always appreciated that. You know, I say that and you might you heard the term in my introduction is it, it's your economy referring to everyone in the audience, regardless of their their position, their job. Uh, the, the economy is so interconnected that these decisions being made with respect to both Fed rate hikes, other decisions, uh, it affects every one of us potentially, some tragically so. And yet the arguments are still ongoing at the highest levels, if you will, uh, with the Fed making decisions, or they will make a decision probably in December, about another 50 basis points or 75 basis points. Uh, some argue for ripping the Band-Aid off. Uh, could there be or such a thing as a, quote, soft landing? For the people listening who may not see this outside of their IRAs and 401ks and, you know, I looked at mine the other day and I don't even want to tell you how many percentages I'm down overall, but a lot of Americans <laughs> are down. Most Americans are down. Oh, that, that, there's no doubt about it. The uh, interest rate increases by the Fed uh, are intended to get inflation down over time. I think most people expect that that is the story and they kind of understand the story but in the meantime um there are two major problems of course uh first obviously the impact that you've seen on housing where new home sales existing home sales 
have been down uh, the last three to six months. Home prices have actually been down on the last three months. Uh, mortgage applications are down. So the first major impact of the Fed raising interest rates is on housing. And I'm sure a lot of people have seen this in terms of the affordability of buying a home. But then again, realizing that when they've gone to sell, um, there's less people out there looking. And then the second, going back to your point about IRAs and 401ks, um, you know, it is serious business because when you start raising interest rates and the value of future corporate profits discounted, that sounds pretty fancy, but basically means stock prices go down. That's what exactly what it means, plain and simple, because stock prices are the bet on the future. So clearly, the Fed moving interest rates has a huge impact on housing and is a huge impact on individual wealth. No, housing, I, I even more and more now, John, I, I am talking about it because that goes through every level of our economy in some way, from the master servicers, of which your former company, Wells Fargo, was one at the high finance level, debt, equity, financing, all these other structures for the big builders, the nationals, Havnanian, you name it, right, uh, all across the board, even the groups that invest in housing like a, a Blackstone or others, but also down to the blue collar worker level. If people aren't, if companies aren't building at any level, whether the size of the company, residential, residential, commercial units, right down to carpenters, electricians, right down to supply chain, aggregate, lumber, nails, glue, you know, all kinds of materials, it ripples through our entire economy. No, no doubt about it, because uh, I, does every believe it or not, David, every congressional district in the United States has a house uh, and there are people building homes and selling homes. And uh, the, you know, basically blue collar, call them what you want, a plumber, electrician, carpenter is working on that house, uh, working on the landscaping. Uh, so it's pervasive in terms of the interest rate impact on the overall economy. So sometimes, David, I get frustrated because people don't pay enough attention uh, to what the Fed is doing and the rationale of what the Fed is doing and trying to stay a little bit closer to this uh, than they do other subjects. Well, as you say, rationale, let's take that rationale a little bit more to this discussion over Fed rate, Fed rate hikes. Uh, and maybe the question is, what's more needed? Maybe what's the better decision? Is it rip the Band-Aid off? Is it keep this idea going of a soft landing? Does that delay the the or extend inflation and recessionary issues? And God forbid we hit stagflation. Well, I think in this case, it comes down to not what what we think is the best solution, but what is the solution the Fed is pursuing? Because um, that's the reality we face. And the one thing they really don't want to do um, is really get into a recessionary environment with the fairly high inflation we have now. So for them, it's go slow, 50 basis points in December, maybe 25 basis points uh, in February of 2023. Um, it is slow go for them. But I think David also gets to the hard point is these interest rate increases only have a marginal impact on inflation because most of the impact is on the housing market. 
What about all the service economy inflation that's out there at 5 6%? Um, there's not much of an impact in terms of changing interest rates. So, so the problem for me is you've got a tool, you're changing interest rates, a federal funds rate, but the objective of trying to solve the problem is pretty much elusive relative to that tool. And I think that's why a lot of people now have gotten frustrated with the Fed because they see the interest rate increases. They don't see the results on inflation. Let's go a little bit deeper on this. And in this case, it's something you uh, brought about. I've got your most recent piece here on this, and that's PCE, uh, the term commonly used, but personal consumption expenditures, uh, the index put out by the uh, Bureau of Economic Affairs, and your thoughts on what, where that is in this picture for the average person? Well, for the average person, it basically tells tells them that the pace of inflation as measured by this exceeds their average wage gains, plain and simple. Basically, your real disposable income has gone down over the last year, and that has got to be tough for many households. It may seem as if you know we're a richer nation and on average people are better off, but when you look at what people have left after paying taxes and after paying inflation, they're actually below where they were last year. That's incredibly frustrating. Now, in the short run, a lot of people are making that up with credit cards. Uh, They're making it up by using their savings. They're making it up by taking out home equity loans. But those are not long-run solutions. What you need is better income growth, uh, real income growth, uh, and uh, better, better, more paying jobs. You know, I feel like I'm running a circle, but in in a good way. I'm glad we're doing that here because you just talked about credit card, you know, interest rates, right? Look at credit card interest rates. Look at base rates and borrowing rates for home buyers, for example. And to your point about home equity, typically home equity uh, is at a lower interest rate, but still people are paying. So as they're losing value, they're adding interest. Even if you're lucky enough to get a home equity year around the 3% mark, maybe four, uh, I haven't looked at them in a while up close, uh, but you're still adding. So the makeup, the replenishment, that's what concerns me. How does our economy replenish itself uh, and how long that could take? Who knows? Well, the replenishment issue is serious, certainly on an individual level, because as you can, as I mentioned, home prices are actually gone down over the last three months. So now you have an individual family taking out a home equity loan on a piece of property whose value has gone down, but they've just incurred a debt to pay on the value of that property. Well, that's not a good situation because we saw this in 2006, 2007. 2008. So there are people out there, homeowners, who you know basically are getting squeezed. On the national level, the, the problem again comes in with housing. Um, and again, remember the principle: there's a house in every congressional district. That you know, when housing is under stress as an industry, it affects every district in the U.S. economy and many many households. So you know, it is a very very trying situation for the american consumer right now in the short run yeah use your credit cards uh do the home equity loan and run down your savings but in the long run these are not solutions to the household income problem yeah i i, I gotta tell you when i look at the uh the real 
jobs and earning situation combined with all the things they're talking about, loss of value. And it, it just, you know, it's understandable why a lot of people say, just give me anything in the short measure. But yep. they some don't have a choice. And that's the other thing, John. Uh, we've got about a minute left. Not even that. Some just don't have a choice. People are forced into uncomfortable choices. You got it. Absolutely. I mean, it's 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 nice to talk about the the top 50 percent of the income distribution, but the blue collar worker, uh, people at that, you know, 50 to 70 thousand dollar income level, uh, they don't have a lot of choices here. They may not even have a home for a home equity loan. They may have limited credit card availability. Yeah, it's a tough, very tough situation. Boy, I got to tell you, my friend, it's. uh it's understandable why there's a lot of tension out there among people, not only in this audience, just people in America. Reality yep. is is right there for them every day. Uh, John, always appreciate it. As I said, I've appreciated it over the years. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, David. John well, Sylvia, uh, you can, of course, check him out at all things John E. Sylvia.com and Dynamic Economic Strategy. He's got a great retirement plan. Help my audience understand what's going on. Uh, that's at JohnEsylvia.com. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.